Welcome to Sex and the Suburbs, the podcast for moms to talk about sex. I'm Caitlin Magraeus, founder of Be Her Village, and along with me is Heather Simonson, sex therapist and owner of Sea Change Holistic Wellness Center. This podcast is about all the things that don't get talked about. Sex, motherhood, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. So what are we talking about today, Heather? Today, we are talking about how the pandemic has affected our sex lives. Hmm. It's been a pretty big topic that I've heard talked about quite often. And um, I think it's really interesting how it's affected couples and singles and just think it's a good topic to start, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, uncovering. It's certainly current <laughs> to talk it's about. It's certainly current <laughs> affairs, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I can, I can speak, obviously, from, like, a married perspective, but I love that you're bringing this up because I have thought quite a bit about sometimes, like, when I'm trying actually to be grateful for things, which during this pandemic was hard some days to, like, actually find something to be grateful for. And I would just be like, okay, well, I'm grateful that I'm kind of settled, you know, that I am married and have kids and I'm where I want to be because it's a really hard time to meet people <laughs> because everybody's very hard time. Yes. not to meet. And, and even as a mom who wants to, you know, make friends and make business connections and like grow constantly my own community, I find it difficult. So I, I feel bad for like, my cousins and my, you know, people I know that are single who might actively or might otherwise be actively seeking out love and companionship and relationships and that sort of thing. There seems to be like a season or maybe several seasons in somebody's life where you are actively seeking it out. How does that look in a pandemic? Well, I mean, how it looks for me is that we're together all the time, right? My partner is a teacher, and so they were home. We were home. Mm. We've been home. How <laughs> many times do I said that? We've yeah. been home for the past six months, all four of us together. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, they have found that it's brought them closer together, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's less things to do out in the world. Um, we were literally needing to be at home for many months. Um, and so it has, you know, brought a lot of people together, especially if their jobs took them away from one another and they got to spend more time together. But then, you know, I would say that one of the, at least for people who have children, probably one of the top contributing factors to people having less sex mm-hmm. or there being like a sex discrepancy or desire discrepancy mm-hmm. is like, well, my kids are around. We can't really have sex. How can I close the door in the middle of the day? They might need me. What if they hear me? What if they walk in on us? All the screens, Heather, all the screens. All the and <laughs> I like have what we save screen time for <laughs> and and despite the fact that I'm not a huge advocate for screens yeah. and that doesn't mean that my children don't use them and to more than how much I would like for them to be same so so I say that with the knowing that like I'm guilty of it too but like absolutely that is what screen time is. I think it's for, for it's, it's, it's its best use. It's or evenings that when whenever, yeah, 
Okay. But yes, exactly. So, so with your kids around all the time, mm. it's, it, it just, comp- it can complicate matters for those who feel as though that that's a barrier for them. Right. I find um, also that my stress levels directly impact my desire to have sex or my like horniness or libido or whatever you well, want to call it. Well, of course it, it does. Like, our biggest sex organ is our brain. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> go, go figure. Right? It's not actually what's between our legs. Right. Yeah. But I had this like strange sex response to the pandemic like or stress response. Sorry, actually, so a sex response. That's I, a good one. I, I like that. that. TM, um, that I actually like wanted it more and we were much more sexually active right at the beginning. It was almost like I was so stressed that everything like was pumping and it was, it was, it was like a respite from all the stress yes. of daily, of not even daily life, but of like the news. The news was really stressing me out in the beginning. Um, but then, yeah, there's been many phases of this pandemic. A lot of the beginning, and they're still going. Yes, and they're ever. (laughs) It seems like they're everlasting. Yeah, it won't be. No, okay, you say that very confidently. This will not be forever. Everything, everything has a season. This too shall pass. Yes, a hundred percent. Completely agree. Um, But yeah, like these kinds of things tend to bring a lot of couples together. Like when mm -hmm. there's crisis going on. I mean, you've heard it I'm sure in the birth world like oh, in nine months we're gonna see a whole baby boom right mm-hmm. so I have so many friends that are pregnant right now you do. friends that like we're done <laughs> they we're done everybody's pregnant I'm I kind of knew it was gonna happen because you know there's a lot of blizzard babies there's a lot exactly. of blackout babies right it's exactly. very interesting kind of like as a human experiment that when you take away all of the external factors like what do we do we just, we find each other. It's very yeah. primal. We kind of go back to our roots. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I think a lot of people have responded that way. And then I think a lot of people haven't. I think that the stress of the pandemic, um, I think it's safe to say maybe more particular to parents, but it's the drain the drain I mean I I know I feel it for sure right and which is why self-care and and like all the we were talking before off air about like nutrition and needing Mm -hmm. to dial that back in and like making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and whatever the things that we need to fill us Mm -hmm. right but this is draining like this has been a big toll on a lot of people and when our energy is drained what do we have to like there's not a whole lot left to give very right. often and what is sex but an energy exchange and what is sex but an energy exchange and i think in previous podcasts we've even talked about just how um the uh stress response cycle again like affects like our sex drive and like it's it's we need that connection mm-hmm. We do. We need that connection. And so, yeah, it's it's a difficult time for people right now. And, um, but again, for others, it's brought them closer. So I don't know that there is like a, it's going one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly impacting people, whether it's impacting people. It is impacting people. One way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely something that's likely making 
a shift. Again, this is why we're having this podcast, right? Because people talk about, you know, work and school and family and quarantine and food. And, you know, there's all these like things that are talked about, but I don't know that a lot of people are talking about how the pandemic is affecting the bedroom. Exactly. That's really important. Can we just circle back to dating in a pandemic? Mm -hmm. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but in the very beginning when this, everything got shut down, there was this story. It was super cute of this couple that met like on rooftops in Brooklyn they like I don't even know how it started but like they would like hold signs up and then they like exchanged phone numbers or something and they they started this like remote relationship I I saw the uh, like it was on uh, social media I think there was a video Mm -hmm. about that I saw that yes Mm -hmm. I wonder (laughs) we probably need an update on them but yes we (laughs) should we should research that (laughs) for sure we should Melissa will help us Um, but yeah, it's like an interesting time because how do you, how do you navigate the pandemic life? Like as a mom and as a woman and as a person that's not actively trying to date, I find it already really difficult to navigate the whole, like there's this, it was already hard to make friends as an adult. It was already hard to find moms that are like-minded, but not like echo chamber, (laughs) you know, like I like it's, it's just hard. There's so much, you know, judging and all these like different things that divide us. And so it's, I think everyone is seeking out some sort of, you know, group that they can be a part of and a community and a village and all of that. And that's what many of us are working towards, Be Her Village, Sea Change. There's lots of places for moms to come together. Um, but now there's this whole added layer of like, are we wearing masks? Are our kids wearing masks? Are we, you know, like there's just all these questions of like practices. Um, there's, there's like groups of parents that are like, my kids are wearing masks outdoors in a field by themselves because that's the safest thing, you know? And there's other yes. people who are like sending their kids to playgrounds and to play dates with no masks. And there's not really a right or wrong. There's more of like a right or wrong, What's wrong for your for you? family, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. it adds this entire level of social like nuance that you have to navigate. And I would imagine that that's heightened for people who are seeking dating out romantic relationships. Yeah. It absolutely has been. And I, but I think the interesting thing about it is that, um, we call it social distancing, right? But I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of people really change the language and say physical distancing, right? Because it's mm-hmm. really not social distancing. Like you're, you need to physical, physically distance mm-hmm. yourselves. And so I think it's been a really interesting shift to see people go from dating where they'd show up for a physical date and now their dates are reliant on phone calls and screen time, mm. which what does that do to your level of intimacy, right? Now, with me and my partner, I actually, we met when I was 13 years old, but really, there's, I won't tell the story, okay. but maybe another episode, maybe another episode, <laughs> but there were three times around that we had met in life. And, um, and the third time we had, uh, I was living in Georgia. And so we dated for over a year, long distance. And I think that's when I knew that that was the man I was going to marry, right? Because our whole relationship was reliant on talking on the phone. We didn't have really screen times. I think I had like a webcam, but we mm-hmm. barely ever did that. It wasn't like a thing. 
And so, and it was amazing that we were so connected. And I think that's a lot of where intimacy really came from at the time is how much we had to talk to each other. That sounds bad, like had to talk to each other, but that was the only way that we really could spend any time together was Whereas just by talking. In a room together, it might have purely been it might have just it, lust and it, attraction and it sex. It may and have. I'm not yeah. shy about saying that he was supposed to be my my um uh my one night stand, actually, but it was not really because I knew him for 10 years before that. And then we got married. Wow. Yeah. That again, a whole nother story. Yeah. But in any case, I think that that's done that a lot with indeeding for a lot of people is that if you're meeting people online and you spend, you're spending more time talking Mm -hmm. than anything else, rather than like being at a meal or going to a movie or not. And those things are great. Like, you know, mini golf, bowling, like you should go and do things and have fun. But when you're just dependent upon that, like that's when the real intimacy Mm. and knowing really tends to happen. And there's a Netflix show. Yeah. I'm sure you've, I don't know. I'm not sure know. of anything with you. Um, ah! <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Well, I don't know what you consume and what you don't. So there's a Netflix show called Love is Blind. I've heard of it. I have yeah. not watched it. Though. So I don't watch, I don't watch reality shows like that. I'm like Project Runway is like my extent of reality. TV. Nice. Um, but I looked, Netflix tricked me because it said it's a three week special so I was like oh it's just gonna be three hour long episodes awesome I'll watch it I can commit for three hours and then it turned out to be like five episodes a week so I was like in for the long haul we like we banged it out really fast because it was really as we do with Netflix as we do with Netflix thank god for Netflix um but love is blind was the concept of the dating show was that they uh, the men and women go into different boxes and they there's a screen between them so they can't see each other but they can um, develop a relationship with each other uh, talking and in the boxes they would open up to each other and hear about their past and talk about their values and talk about their vision for the future and and people really like had sparks flying and then you know this is the gimmicky part of the show is that they had to in order to see each other they had to propose to one another which is a little extreme, but it's TV. Um, but there were a few different marriages from the show, which wow. was incredible. Yeah. Wow. And they, they see it through like a whole month long. A whole a month. Whole month sounds, huh? sounds like <laughs> you're in it for the long haul in, then. In reality TV time, that was that like, might be that a success. Right. That's a yeah, long time. But it was an interesting experiment. Huh. And I have a, a very good friend who right now is um dating and she's like head over heels for this guy and they're talking about marriage and they're like, and they've only seen each other and met like a few times, but there, she said, it's like when we're talking, like we're, we're going deep and it really, I don't know, it's just different. And so it's exactly how you just described though, that the pandemic has kind of taken away traditional dating, which is filled up with activities so that, I mean, what do we dread most, or at least me, I can only speak for me on a date. It's like the awkward pause where there's yeah. nothing to say and nowhere to go and and now you just have to endure you know the rest of the or so it's I don't know it kind of takes that away and or forces you to fill it with something meaningful instead of small yes. talk right there's depth right yes. it's not just and not that it always is but just you know it just it takes and it kind of takes the 
is there pressure? I feel like for some people yeah. there might be pressure, right? Like to have a kiss or to, mm. you know, think that things are going to possibly go all the way and maybe you want them to and that's totally fine. Like enjoy yourself, be safe, but enjoy yourself, right? But it just, I don't know. I feel like there's this maybe unspoken pressure sometimes and mm. and then there is the buildup. Uh, yes. Right? Like it's kind of like foreplay. Yeah. Which we've talked about previously too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that emotional foreplay of like you are feeling connected with this person and you want to see them and, it, and it, there's this build up of mm-hmm. excitement and chemistry and passion. And then, you know, and some cultures are like that. Like you can't, and you know, in Orthodox culture, you can't touch each other until you're married. Mm-hmm. And so Sounds there's like love is blind. It, it, maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it's not so gimmicky after. You know, like yeah. I think there's there's validity to that. And I've even had some women who've described even the time like in Orthodox um, culture, right? When a woman is menstruating, they don't touch their partners. Mm-hmm. And it's really for like two weeks because it's like the week that you're that you have your period and then like until there's it's all clear. And then you go to mikvah which, and then Which gets like, you right into ovulation, which, which gets would explain a lot about that culture absolute, and the amount of children they have. There is no <laughs> doubt. There is absolutely no doubt. Right. But I've heard other people who describe that as like, it's a very exciting time, but like you can't even touch hands oh with your partner. And so by the time you come back together the after that, hunger two, the skin the hunger, exactly, wow. exactly. And so I think about it in terms of that, that that's part of what this could be doing. And so that, mm. and I've heard other people who have been dating through the pandemic who have gone and met other people and even gotten physical with them and then had this, this, uh oh, this fear after it. Kind of like when you have sex without a condom mm. and you're, you know, it's like great in the moment, but then afterwards you're like, uh oh, what did I do? Wow. What happened? Not that that always happens, but you know, right. those situations that do happen. Yeah. So I've seen people where they feel like this fear or guilt or whatever, like, what did I do? I exposed myself. How selfish am I mm. to do that to the other people in my life? And, taking this chance. And so there's like this natural, like built in, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to call it foreplay. Yeah. I think but this building up uh, and this anticipation, this excitement mm-hmm. of like not getting to see like each other in person or touch or anything like that. And I think mm-hmm. it could really be very magical actually. Yeah. And I think there's also, at least in my, I can, again, speak from married mom who's trying to, you know, continue and make connections. Like, there's also this, like, little thing that happens, even with me, with other people. Like, I'm choosing you to be exposed to. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, like, bringing you into my circle. You know, if you if you oh. take your mask off around someone or you are indoors with them or you oh, are. Oh, I like Do you know that. what I mean? Caitlin, so there's, like, this, like, there's like, this, like, unspoken, like, I trust you. Yeah. Um, like, and... I'm I'm exposing. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like a because, different level of intimacy almost. Yeah, because there's I'm letting you in my it's circle. something we took for granted forever. Really and I'm only realizing now, you know, like how often I took for granted being in a room with another person. But it's kind of hard to find people to be in a room with without a mask on. People that you don't know. You know, I mean, it's just, it's to, to break that barrier. It's just like an added barrier and it's an added 
thing that you have to navigate. And when you navigate it successfully to forge a new relationship or friendship or, you know, something, it's just, it's, it's something more that wasn't there before. It's really interesting. I have to say it's maybe a little bit off topic, but the thing that keeps coming up is how we talk about pregnancy. Well, I shouldn't say pregnancy prevention, safer sex and the Mm. use of condoms because we talk about use of condoms. Yes. Right. And we even like part of our teaching is like using a condom. I don't know. This might blow up our whole thing, what we're saying about masks, but but using a condom isn't about trust. It's not about like whether I trust you or not. Mm-hmm. It's about like making sure that we're both safe. And that's kind of the same thing with a mask. Absolutely. So, so I don't know. I, I don't know where that's going, but it just either, reminds me of that. And yeah. I think it's just something, it's just, I think it's interesting. We're talking about sex, we're talking about masks. And then it's like the same concept of uh, what we use in yeah. Well, it's interesting. To, I mean, if we're going to go there, let's, I've never made that connection before when thinking about masks. And obviously there's this, these are brand new masks in the United States. It's brand new. This is, I mean, it's six months old, but it's brand new to our culture. I, I feel like in other cultures, it's been like in Asia, you see people, if they have a cold, they're putting a mask on. It's, it's pretty typical. This is brand new for us. And and condoms would be the equivalent to the mainstream U.S. population being asked to use something pretty non-invasive in order to prevent the spread of disease and infection. And I would, I've not looked at any stats, I would guess that mask usage and condom usage are probably at the same level of like non-compliance. Because I don't know, man, I don't think, I think there's certain populations that do it religiously, but I think, you know, people use like condoms the, same the way people they- people who don't use condoms may are not using masks. I don't know. I, I don't, just- I have no idea, but that's I guess, an interesting I, I idea. guess we haven't, with the use of condoms, we haven't gotten rid of STDs. No, so. no. But they do help. They do and help. it's the only thing that will. Yeah. Aside from abstinence, abstinence. of course. Yes. But, you know. So speaking of abstinence, there is, when you said before about um, the two weeks, you know, and then ovulating and creating all this tension, I don't know, I've heard of it, and I would love to know if you've heard of this, that when people are taught abstinence-only education, um, oftentimes those are the people that get pregnant for many reasons, but um, oftentimes it'll be like, the first time they have sex, that's when they get pregnant. And it's because I've heard that when we're ovulating, we're more likely to give in. We have more hormones coursing through that make us want to have sex. And so we will give in to having sex when we're ovulating, give in. Like if, if our boyfriend, you know, I'm thinking of young teenage girls at this point, right? And like, they're more likely to make a decision to have sex when they're ovulating, which leads to higher rates of teen pregnancy because they're not being taught condoms and birth control and prevention and, and all the different ways. So have you heard of that? I mean, I don't, not in terms of the context of when they're ovulating okay. or anything like that, but yeah. just, yeah. I mean, the pregnancy rates are typically higher in those populations because scare tactics don't work. Right. They don't undo they don't Billions work. Billions of years of 
of human a biology yes. like you know i mean literally i mean in my puberty workshops i teach kids that getting going through puberty it means that your body is now ready and able to be able to reproduce mm-hmm. and then we talk about how you're not really ready to be a parent and you know that's not going to be for like another 15 years and then we all chuckle about it and and it's very cute right but yeah like they need to know and understand like this is what it's for so what is your body going to do like all the difference in 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 how you feel and the chemistry makeup of your body is so that you're you're going to have these natural normal sexual feelings to want to explore that Mm -hmm. and so like it's a normal thing right but so we talk about that in terms of like okay your body can do this now it's like your human superpower because it is totally is yeah but you're not ready to be a parent so we it's yeah it would be so much easier if puberty and parental readiness were more aligned it would, <laughs> would my kids have even said i don't understand so if we are not supposed to be parents right now then why does because we used to live that? to 35 and yep. we used to be ready when i guess we were 12. Well, there's the answer <laughs> right modern technology has advanced yes and our bodies are still ready yes exactly so but as far as things that go like how you know what do you do in dating throughout a pandemic yeah. right like whether you're 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 with your with someone or you're solo and you're dating out there (laughs) doing at home dates on the computer. If you're dating and not living with that person is a great thing. You can have dinner together. You can watch movies together. Like you can do all, you can play games. Like there's electronic games. Mm -hmm. There are regular games. Like we've, I mean, I've, I've done it all. Well, maybe not all, but a lot. We've gotten very, very creative. So there's so many things that you can do and have a date electronically as far as when things get maybe physical if you're meeting up with someone it may sound silly I don't normally say these things but like it's actually again a real opportunity to kind of get deeper and more connected on a different level right with eye gazing and eye contact you can it may not feel very sexy but you can have fun with it just like wearing a condom like you can wear a mask you can avoid kissing. Like there are things that, that you can do. Literally no fun at all, Heather. I'm gonna say it for the audience that's listening. That sounds terrible. It may sound terrible, <laughs> it but it depends on how committed you are. And it, like if you're really yeah. worried about that, and there are some people no, and some of are. my clients that yeah. are legitimately worried. This is about risk reduction, of course, right? And so I'm just saying, like that's possible, and you can actually make it fun. Like there's something called sensory withdrawal that we do Mm. um in like real sex play where you like remove one of your senses and so the other ones are heightened right so like if you were blindfolded and then you use like a feather to like kind of touch each other's skin Mm -hmm. or um gave each other a massage and so like your sense of touch or your sense of smell Mm. might be heightened right so like wearing a mask eliminating the sense of smell perhaps or like even talking you can be playful with it mm. and like not talk and just use your eyes to communicate I or mean, just focus on your sense of touch like i could fall in love with somebody by looking at their eyes it's like that is very powerful it's so i very guess very powerful if you're in a place where you're you can do it where you're trying to stay socially and physically distant but also date 
eye gazing could be. Yeah, or if you're with somebody and you know that they have a job that puts them at risk Mm -hmm. and you're conscious of that and and that maybe makes you nervous or you just want to take precaution, these are ways that you can minimize that risk. So even if it's not like you're going on a first date and you're going to wear a mask with somebody or whatever date number it is. Right. But if it's with your partner and I've had that, that it's like, you, what do you do? It's like when we're, you know, right now my partner works in a high risk place. My Mm -hmm. kids are going to school. We have family members that are at high risk and Mm -hmm. we're avoiding seeing them and thinking about like, how do you, so it's the same kind of thing. It's a lot of couples that are like living apart in the same house. There are couples that are living apart that are bathrooms, bedrooms. There are. I know people who have quarantined themselves because they had somebody at work who was, so I'm just saying that there are ways that if you have those concerns, if you don't need to be absolutely quarantined a hundred percent, there are ways to really kind of deepen your intimacy even though it might sound silly or unsexy or like that sounds like no fun. Right. But it's I mean, better these are, than nothing. Right. So and you're saying like, these are tantric practices, by the way, that yes. we're talking about. So like, you know, if you can think of it in terms of that and not like, Oh, we're trying to prevent the spread of a disease here. Right, that's like, like the least sexy thing. <laughs> I mean, it's and great. Ha- and I but again, it. like that's how people look at condoms sometimes too, yes. right? That that's not a sexy thing. It kills the intimacy. It's like, you know, the spontaneity, mm. We have to be able to learn how to use these things and minimize our risk and still make it fun. Yeah. I think that's great. I think you have a lot of really good suggestions. Except that they don't sound so fun. But the, but it, No, the, just the no kissing. I mean, I think kissing is one of... It is, like, but there are a lot of, you know, but if, if that's... Look, it's like... But again, if it's nothing... If you have, or, if you have herpes sore on your mouth... Right. If you have a cold, if you have anything, like it's not just what can you do to still be intimate with your partner and minimize the risk. That's what I was just going to okay, say. Cool. Actually, I was okay. going to say um, to sit down with either your like on your own or with your partner and make a list. It could be one, two, three, ten things. It doesn't matter of different things that you can do that don't necessarily require you to go out Mm-hmm. That, you know, like what kinds of at-home dates can you have if you feel as though that transmission is a risk and you want to be dating or you want like what other kinds of things that can you do that will enable connection mm-hmm. and give you some other type of intimacy that even if it isn't physical intimacy. Yeah. I think these are good things to do, even if you're somebody who's not quarantining from your partner and is like full contact. I think it's cool to play with those things anyway, because it just gives you this opportunity to change things up. You know, I mean, I've been married for like nine years and we try our best to keep things like lively and different, but at the same time, like put the kids down, you come downstairs, you turn the TV on, you know, it's just, you get a little bit into a rhythm. And so it's nice to shake it up a little bit. That's, that at least in my head is like what's fun about dating, you know, is it's new and there's excitement and there's unknown. So to try one of these exercises with someone you've been with and you're in a pattern with sounds like it could, you know, stir some new stuff up for you. I hope so. I hope so too. I can't wait to try. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, Heather. Thanks, Caitlin. It's always a pleasure with you. Always. <laughs>